getting products into the hands of customers is less about influencing general public and general consumers and more about influencing those installers to make yourself very easy to work with, easy to understand, clear value statement. Hey, welcome back. And on today's episode, we have the awesome founder of Eve EV, Alex Watson, is on the show. Alex Watson, what's up? Hi, Robin. Pleasure to meet you. Great to meet you. Um, having a great Sunday, to be fair. I think you've picked a nice time for this. Weather's probably not as nice as it is for you there, but in the UK, we, we like a bit of rain, so we're pretty happy. Nice. Is it raining right now? It is raining right now. Okay, which means you must be super comfortable then. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, We have too much sun, we get a little bit uncomfortable. So, Yeah, so for those that are unaware about Eve EV, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on and kind of how you got to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So Eve EV Limited, we are a uh, charge point manufacturer. That means we make electric vehicle charge points, primarily focusing on the domestic market. So that's your seven kilowatt chargers that are installed at your home that allow you to charge your vehicle overnight. Things like uh, charge scheduling, so you can use electricity when it's cheapest, uh, full app controls, you have cloud accessibility to authenticate uh, and approve charge sessions so no one can use your charger when you You can use solar or you can use your uh, mains electricity and you can dynamically switch between the two. And it's all about enabling EV users to adopt electric vehicles and feel comfortable with things like range anxiety and ensure that they are able to charge it in their own homes where they feel most comfortable, but also where it's most convenient so we're a young company so only been trading as a company since march of this year there's a lot of work gone on in the background for that my personal journey before this i've been working in semiconductor so a lot of people will be aware at the moment of the semiconductor industry more so than before mainly because of the shortages and the challenges that it's brought into big markets like the automotive and the consumer electronics space but really it's all the chips and everything that go inside your phone inside your playstation inside military tech, industrial tech and clean tech that make it make it tick, basically. I was at the forefront of that for the last 10 years, working for some of the largest companies in that space, specializing in sensor technology. So really sort of things like facial recognition, biometrics, so bio uh, sign detection for the medical industry and a lot of energy and metering detection, which fits well into what I do now. And I got here because really wanted to be part of probably one of the largest industries that's growing at the moment, the most exciting industries in the space of clean tech and renewable energy and support driving forward that revolution to switch to electric vehicles in the UK, which we have some pretty ambitious targets as a come to get there by 2035 when we get rid of all internal combustion engine vehicles in the UK, so no more being sold, which means we need a, we have a huge job in, in place to get towards having the charging infrastructure to support those vehicles so people can get on the road and get going without having to worry about how many charges they're going to have to use, where they can charge, how much that electricity is going to In terms of your product fitting into the market, how like what is your vision for this product? Whose hands would you like it to be in? And how are you going to get it in people's hands? For sure. So from that perspective, we have a few different avenues to market. But the primary one is because it's a younger market in the electric vehicle sector, you have the early adopter cycle. Obviously, there's a lot of people who maybe for the last sort of five years have been driving first generation Nissan Leafs and things like that. But now you're moving past that towards the uh, general public and the general user adoption. And one thing that is sort of common across the industry is there's a lot of confusion around how how to adopt a vehicle, what's best for you, how to get charging infrastructure in place, what charges are available. 
So we have a broad network of, say, installers. These are people that were typically doing electrical installs and electricians beforehand. In the UK, we have a grant scheme in place that encourages and actually enforces installers to go through a course that certifies them to be able to install charges. That then enables them to claim a £350 grant in the UK, in, in England, that allows the uh, subsidy of the charge infrastructure and the charges in their home. So that makes it more affordable for the user, makes it more attractive for general adoption, and it means that they can regulate the installers. So getting, her, getting products into the hands of customers is less about influencing general public and general consumers and more about influencing those installers to make yourself very easy to work with easy to understand clear value statement around the charger affordable obviously so that maintains a nice value proposition for their end customers but really getting those guys getting them to know you trust you and understand you so that they can then promote you to their customers because it's really a trusted advisor relationship at the moment whereby you or I may want to buy a new electric vehicle. We don't understand what's involved in getting to that space. The dealership, the leasing company may not give you that vision or the clear goal or the clear outcome in terms of having a charger in your home. So you would go to an install, you would ask them, what is the best suited for my home? This is how it's laid out. How am I going to get a charger in here? What's it going to cost me? How long will it take? And what's the overall advantage? So at the moment we have in the UK, there's a list of about 6,400 installers that are what we call OZEV. That's the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles Certified Installers. And these are the guys that we want to work with and encourage to adopt EVE charges and uh, support their customers with our tech. All right. So this sounds like a really smart and savvy idea. Instead of going towards the larger market, the end user, you are focused on these installers who have exposure to this end user anyway. And you're kind of just like shortcutting this process by focusing on them. When you have your focus on these installers, how many other competitors are there trying to also get their attention? So in the UK, we see eight primary competitors at this point in time. In a strange one, obviously, you would think that one of the uh, the biggest competitors to anyone in that space would be Tesla. But actually, at the moment, because the Tesla home charger isn't widely adopted, it's a specified special connector that specifically works with Teslas, doesn't hit the broader market, so they're not one of our bigger competitors. So at the moment, it's companies like EO, EZ, Wallbox, Project EV, Rolex, and they spread across the range of products in terms of capabilities, feature set, functionality, reliability, but also cost point is a wide differentiator. You can spend anything between £500 and £1,200 on a charger. And to the end user, it's not immediately clear with the exception of aesthetics, what the actual differentiating factors are and how it benefits them. So we have a number of competitors in the space. Two of the most notable ones in that space will be EO and Wallbox only because they have both recently announced joint mergers for listing on NASDAQ. So EO listing for $675 billion and Wallbox with a joint venture listing for $1.5 billion. Wallbox are a Spanish company and EO are a UK homegrown company and kind of a darling of the industry. Okay, so there are a, a lot of competitors. How are you differentiating yourself with these installers? So we have the core ethos Eve that is a simplicity, sustainability and support. We really focus on the simplicity and the support perspective. 
So our charger is everything you need, all in one. It doesn't require additional equipment for installation to bring it up to the same specification, which makes it a lot easier to install, a lot quicker, which gives installer scalability to do multiples thereof in one day, which obviously affects their bottom line, their margin, and allows them to get out and service more customers. It means the charger has less failure points, so they have less repeat call-outs and less chance of sort of margin attrition through repeat servicing. And it also means that we can very much focus on allowing the customer to make a decision because there's only really two options. And that's what we call tethered or untethered. So do you want the cable built in or you're going to use your own cable? And it doesn't come with a box, which makes it... We sell them for the same price, which is unheard of in this industry because everyone uh, puts a head at a sort of value adder on top to add the cable in. To us, we just want to make it as easy and as accessible to our end customers as possible. So we sell them for the same price uh, and we make it just a dead quick decision. It comes in black, which is a great color. 80% of charges sold in the UK are black, so we don't mess around with different colors. So whilst it may not fit absolutely every application, we're very, very clear about what it does. We're very honest about what we can and what we can't do. And that makes us easy to work with, right? We have set, you identify an opportunity. It's a five minute question about whether or not we're the right charger. And from there, we make it very easy for them to work with us. Yeah, that's actually um, quite brilliant. So there's there's like uh, two pieces of nugget or two nuggets of information that I caught in what you were saying. The first one is you're really simplifying your product and simplicity, which was one of your values that you just mentioned. But you're really simplifying this product. You're not making any kind of variations. You're like people you know, don't really want to choose between different colors, etc. We're just going to do black. We're going to go with it. And that's going to really help you fulfill. And it's going to, you know, streamline all your manufacturing processes, etc. Then this other thing, which is kind of like a a little bit of magic, is when you were talking about making it easy for the installers. And that's kind of key, right? Because with these installers, now what you're going to find is if it's really easy to use your product they're just going to naturally suggest your product over any others because it's a quick win for them they yeah and that's, that's our absolute goal there we, we have to make it as easy as possible for these guys it can be common in the market to try and squeeze the installer to basically maximize profit for the manufacturer and that's not what we're about ultimately we make charges and we want you to use them but they install charges that's their value statement they know and have the experience in that market that industry they're the ones dealing with the end customers they're the ones that are out there day in day out doing the hard work and ultimately to make ourselves a more attractive proposition for them to make their business more scalable so they can grow and bring in more people do more installs service more customers and be a bigger part of that industry the easier we are to work with the easier our charger is to service and use the more work they can do to go and propagate this market, which is, that's got to be the end goal for all of us, right? We're here about sustainability. We're here to make sure that the EV market thrives and that customers have a good experience so that we take away one by one these barriers of entry that people have to buying an electric vehicle until there aren't any more. Like it used to be that electric cars are kind of uh, geeky or they don't go as far, they aren't as fast. Tesla have proven they can be as fast. They can be as attractive. There's recently a project to um, basically uh, retrofit Mustang GTs to be electric, fully electric. So they can be gorgeous. They can be incredible cars. They can go 300, 400, 500, up to 700 kilometers range is going. So now if we make that charging experience attractive and we let customers have charges in their homes, we just take away another barrier of entry for everyone to get into the space. Yeah, Alex, this sounds like a really well thought out idea. How long have you been working on this idea? So prior to 
starting the company. Uh, it was about six months of work, evenings, weekends, getting up at 5 a.m., starting my job, which was a European-wide role in semiconductor between sort of the hours of 8 and 6, and then 6 p.m. to 12 p.m., doing the rest of the work to get it in place, get the proposition, get the partnerships that we need, which are absolutely critical, not just from the installer perspective, but finding reliable charge technology, finding the partners, the scalable manufacturer, so that we can fit this line and we can service supply chain for the whole of Europe and worldwide if we need to, and start from a sort of privileged position where our private manufacturing, supply chain, our security and our technology are all very robust so that as we scale up, we don't run into those issues down the line. And it, it can be very tempting to sort of back-end that cost to say, I will spend that money and I will spend that time and that energy as and when I am successful. But by fronting that up now and doing sort of the hard graft and the hard yards now, we make sure that when we hit that success, that it's not two steps forward, one step back. We aren't going to see that success, see volume, service our customers, and then in a month's time, they can't get hold of them because we need to move our manufacturing line. We're suddenly making more than we anticipated. And that's kind of where we're going with it. At the end of the day, that comes into the support part of our uh, three core values. And support is absolutely critical. If the guys love our chargers and they install them, uh, they go out and they put 10 in the ground, and then suddenly they come back and say, Alex, I need... 25 more because I've got customers lining up around the corner and I can't give them that for 14 weeks then it all stalls right yeah absolutely how, how, how are you creating relationships with these installers right now the hard way which is uh, to reach out personal demos to go and uh, sell and understand what they need be flexible with their needs both commercially and technically take on board advice not just to make them feel heard but to truly listen to them because at the end of the day these guys have a wealth of experience they have a value that is entirely their own in the industry. So by pulling in their feedback and using that to influence our design and our functionality set to trim and, and adjust pricing models to make sure that we hit their volume expectations and they're getting what they need out of it, that's a very hands-on process. Ultimately, I can't just push and expect everyone to come to me. And one of my core values really, and, and that's been drilled into me working for sort of multi-billion dollar companies is people still sell to people there's always going to be a worry about automation and about how much can be done and sales metrics and data analytics and tools and integration of crm with automated responses but people still want to buy from someone they trust but maybe not just because they like a friendly face but because when things go wrong you need to be heard and you need to be understood and the one thing we all know is that things will go wrong right that just happened. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you trust the other person at the end of the line to have your back, as and when those things do happen, then they'll work with you and they'll go with you and they'll encourage you and they'll back you on your journey from minute one. Yes, absolutely. It's all about that transparency because if you're transparent, then people know, you know, how they can help you or whether they should be patient with you. And it just takes a little bit of just, you know, being open with uh, who you're serving. Oh, absolutely. Never so. over promise, never under deliver. You'll be fine. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you're facing in your business right now? I would say one of the challenges that we will face, as with the rest of the market, will be supply chain. So semiconductor shortage is not just impacting large businesses that are established. It has a real critical impact on smaller businesses. Luckily, that is my wheelhouse. I've been living in component distribution for the last five years the third largest component distributor. So I understand how to create robust supply chain. I understand how to mitigate challenges and uh, obstacles that are going to come well before they happen. 
So that's risk-based orders, that's managing stock profiles that actually meet demand well above what you expect to see, whilst mitigating liability and sort of loss of earnings to the company itself. So I've been encouraging and working with much larger companies than myself for years to make sure they have that in place. And the second one will be logistics. So we do manufacture the charger outside of the UK. Brexit has been a challenge. So import duties, taxes and tariffs have gone up. The cost of a shipping container has almost doubled to manufacture, bring things into the UK. So ultimately getting the stock where we need it, when we need it. These are key challenges that are always going to live and sit behind tech companies, not just in the UK, but Europe, the Americas uh, and Asia going forward. So they're all baked in, right? We are founded at a time of great adversity in the tech industry, a very difficult time to shine, but those sort of shallow soils and the, and the challenges we face now mean that our roots will have to be deeper and stronger as we come to market. And all of that has to be in place before I'm comfortable going fully into the space. So we release in the next couple of months the product to full market, its first stocking in, and it's been just so much work in the background to ensure that we are a robust company and not just a robust product. Those are two main challenges. Outside of that, it's going to be the same ones as always. You'll fill a pipeline 10 times what you actually think you're going to and then you have to work to execute and convert the 10% that actually delivers your business and your growth. It's building key relationships based on trust when they're new companies. A lot of the guys in this space haven't been there for a very long time, which means one thing only, and that's they won't always be there. We'll obviously do everything we can to support them, but you could be creating relationships with customers, with installers that start on one path and then change midway through, which means that the volume can go up and down. There's no real visibility to that from them, so they certainly can't be any to us. Companies that are newer in the industry obviously have to prove themselves, so we absolutely have to take on board the best in class of what we see in the EV market and then live that. We have to walk the walk with our values and we have to show people that we're not just saying that we're going to do this, that we're actually going to do it. And that almost always comes from you, for every five great conversations I'll have, there'll be 10 where they say, come back to me in six months when you've got a thousand of these sold and I can see some, see some reviews and see some actual usage of your product. And that's fine. We want to work with the people that are willing to take the risk to get that reward up front. But we don't expect people to take us on board just because we say that. Yeah, they, and you've actually highlighted one of these points where when people are actually looking to invest in other companies, they want to start seeing this traction right away. One of the interesting things that you actually mentioned is how all these different pressures, um, like environmental pressures, and when I say environmental, I mean, I mean like the political atmosphere, the business atmosphere, you have a shortage of semiconductors that's affecting your business at the same time you mentioned how brexit has affected your business because now the logistics has gotten a little bit more expensive and then earlier on you also mentioned that your startup is actually um enjoying a little bit of subsidy from these government subsidies that are subsidizing installers etc what happens if that subsidy goes away and regulations change let's say there's a new government that comes in and they do do away with that so that's actually one of the things that we've almost had to consider from minute one is that build a business as if none of that exists because ultimately one day it won't government subsidies as they do to decline and have continued to decline since the inception 
several years ago, they continue to become smaller values. And it's projected that next year in April 2022, those subsidies will move to a different area of the market. Whilst continuing to support workplace charger installs, they will no longer impact domestic users in the same way. As a primarily domestic uh, manufacturer, that will, of course, be a challenge. But one of the key things I said to you before was we look to support margin and value chain for everyone over and above ourselves, which means it's absolutely critical that our price point is correct, not just now in the existing climate, but attractive and sustainable in a non-subsidized environment. And that's something that we've managed with our uh, flagship product, with our Generation 1 charger. And it's something that will serve us very, very well in the absence of additional subsidies and a different additional grant funding for end users. As I said before, there's a sort of a concept of accessible sustainability. And that is to ensure that this isn't a fad that can only be adopted by high net worth individuals or the middle classes. This has to be a revolution on all fronts, which means affordable sustainability, not just the concept like healthy eating can be a challenge in many countries. It's I'm encouraged to eat this. I've got daily guidelines and RDAs and metrics that tell me I need to eat better. But my grocery shop costs 10 times as much if I try and achieve that. If it's unaccessible to move over to an electric vehicle because the cost of the vehicle is too high, because the tax tax breaks aren't there, because the majority of the average UK family can't actually afford to have one, then you won't see that adoption because ultimately you're alienating the majority of your actual market. So we make the charger cost what it needs to and we don't charge any more than we have to be able to do that because ultimately we want to build a relationship that isn't just in the commercial space we want to ensure that our charger has a name and we have a trusted brand but there are other services there are other functions and roles that we have in our roadmap that are going to bring so much more value to this market much more value to the company itself this is our start this is our first step and our first step on the ladder isn't the one where we want to make x million and get out it's not about money to begin with we're here to create a journey and ethos and a brand that drives sustainable adoption of EV in the UK and Europe as a whole. And by doing this with an affordable product, it allows us first foot in the door and then just to climb. And we're going to build continually on top of that and that value and that sort of brand image in that space that ultimately comes from being trusted. Trusted that we're not trying to just make a quick buck and get out. What are some things that you're doing right now to establish that trust? Uh, So as I say, this is ensuring that margins are there for installers. So that's getting the charger at exactly the right cost point and then full visibility to how volume affects that, full visibility to what our services cost, ensuring that we're free to use from that perspective, providing the security of three-year warranties, which allow customers to have confidence in their product, bringing in any accessories that we design that supplement the value of the charger, such as pedestals and stands and cables that they're thoroughly tested that they're again at the right price point so taking 10 20 30 points of margin off what our our, um, competitors who actually have far more volume than us are selling those products at to show that we are committed to what we say we're committed to we are trying to drive the adoption of charges not just trying to get money out of people so you can see that from looking at the feature set of our charger what it does it compares to some of the highest value charges in the market but we are we can be as much as two-thirds to half the price of those. Alex, we've discussed a lot of different areas that shows me that you are a very resilient 
type of founder, it'll be very interesting to follow your journey. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Alex Watson and also EVV LTD? So you can find me us on LinkedIn. As I say, we're primarily business to business at the moment. So it's very important that we're building relationships through LinkedIn. So you can find Eve Charges on LinkedIn and follow us there. Ultimately, you can follow me if you'd like, or uh, even better, connect with me, ask me questions on LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to divulge that. Obviously, at an early stage, we focus on spending our money and our marketing and our advertising very stringently, which means that we're using that as a primary platform. Very, very easy when you have such an established customer base in the installer network in the UK. And from there, we'll obviously look to sort of propagate sort of more exciting marketing materials as we start to get charges in, we get real customer experiences. We can start to share those via platforms uh, like Facebook and like Instagram. But to begin with, find us on LinkedIn, follow us there. If you like what you see, you'll see a lot more of it soon. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the show and would be happy to connect with you in the future to bring you back on to see what's changed and and how your journey's been going. Thank you so much, Alex. 